Welcome to the FFGF Podcast. We are a church located in Fredericksburg, Virginia. Our mission is to know God and to make Him known. We pray this message blesses you today. If you'd like more information about our ministry or how to partner with us, visit us at fredfulgospel.com. Thanks for listening. I want to share with you just for the next few moments uh, just a message called Atmospheric Pressure. Atmospheric Pressure. Would you pray with me? Holy Spirit, we welcome you. We thank you that you're here. But God, we welcome you into this time and space. And um, we pray that you'll just take over my words, that these won't be my words, but they'll be yours. God, I pray that you'd open up our hearts by your Holy Spirit right now to receive um, what you want us to walk away with today. God, we thank you for your presence. Lord, we never take it for granted when, when you meet us and when, when we worship together and when your power and, and presence fill a room. We want to thank you for that today. Uh, we love you so much. God, I pray that you just anoint me today to do um, just, just the, the giving of the word. So we thank you for your word today. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Atmospheric pressure, okay. Um, I want to share with you uh, a little bit about our atmosphere. Um, I don't know if you, maybe you know, maybe you don't. We, um, we are under the weight of the earth's atmosphere. It's like an atmosphere out there, right? It, it, and it's weighing down on you. So, so some days the world feels heavier than others, but uh, actually the world is always weighing down on you. And you say like, man, I just feel the weight on the world on my shoulders. That's actually true. Like physically, you're being weighed down by the atmosphere. But I want to share with you just a few things about atmospheric pressure and then kind of uh, relay some spiritual truths through those. Atmospheric pressure is, is measured by something called a barometer. And, and at sea level, um, pressure, uh, PSI is 14.7 pounds per square inch. So at sea level today, um, you are being weighed down every inch of your body. There is 14.7 pounds that are weighing down on you. Um, But the earth's atmosphere stops. I'm sorry for all these numbers today. This is kind of like a dorky sermon, but anyway, just hang with me. I promise, I promise there's a point. The the atmosphere goes up 6,200 miles. So there's like the ground, and then there's 6,200 miles of atmosphere, and there, and then there's space. There's the devoid of atmosphere. And so, um, and so the interesting thing is, is gravity, we see the effects of it, but scientists still don't fully understand why it's, why it is. I, I fully believe that when the Bible says God holds everything together and by him everything consists, we can look at gravity and say, well, we don't really get it, but God's holding us all together. But gravity is holding the atmosphere down. And so it's weighing on you. But the interesting thing is this, as you begin to increase altitude, atmospheric pressure begins to decrease on your body. So there's less pressure because there is less atmosphere. The atmosphere changes around you when you get higher. I know we were talking, uh, Danny and Noel went to up, up a high mountain a couple of weeks ago, and they were talking about the differences on their body at high altitudes. Has anybody ever been up like a really high mountain, and all of a sudden breathing changed? It was just a different, different situation. Why? It's because of atmospheric pressure. And so uh, I want to sh- I want to share with you a cool, a really funny. I really enjoyed uh, finding this. In 1968, uh, the Olympics were held in Mexico City. 
Uh, maybe not many of you remember the 68 Olympics, but in 1968, there was Olympics in Mexico. And, uh, and the altitude of Mexico City is 7,350 feet. So the altitude is 7,000 feet above sea level. And so the crazy thing is what began to happen at this Olympics is that all these records were broken that had never been broken before. Look at this. Records were broken in high jump, in sprinting, lifting, and throwing. I think this is crazy. World records were broken in all of the men's sprinting events, 400 meters and shorter, plus the long jump and the triple jump. How crazy is that? At this one Olympics, literally every significant record that was ever created at the Olympics and in the world were, were all devastated. Why? It's because they were in Mexico, not just Mexico, but they were in a different atmosphere. They were miles high and there wasn't as much weight on their bodies. There wasn't as much resistance. I wanna show you, this is very standard deaf, but I found a video of this guy named Bob Beeman. I think I said that right. He's from Queens. Any New Yorkers in the house today? What up? He jumped. He did the long jump. He jumped 8.9 meters. In case you don't know how meters correlate to feet, that is 29 feet. 29 feet. He jumped. And... Uh, and, and, and that world record stood for 23 years, and it is still the Olympic record. I want to show you, I want to show you a video. I put the music behind it, so, so it's a little more exciting. But, but just watch this video. Watch this video. Watch this. It's not even the cool part. And you're into it. This dude is about to take off. Like, this is what he does for a living. He jumps, and he, he, like, reacts like he's never jumped before. Like, he just, see, because he knows that he's just jumped the longest that ever, anybody has ever jumped in their entire life. What was the difference between the 64 Olympics? What was up with the, with the 60 Olympics? What was up with the, with, I'm, in my mind, I'm doing math four years. What was, what was with the 56 Olympics? What, what was different? The only thing that had changed was the atmosphere. It wasn't as much weighing him down. And these other athletes, they were doing things that nobody had ever done before, all because their, their, their training regimen was the same, everything was the same, probably their diets were the same. This is the Olympics. This is what they trained their life for. But one thing was different. The atmosphere was different. And crazy things began to happen. I just want to encourage you today that you are an, you, you're a carrier of an atmosphere today. You're a carrier of an atmosphere. And you can change the world around you so drastically if you carry the atmosphere of heaven. Can you say amen this morning? And when we carry the Holy Spirit inside of us, stuff starts to happen that has never happened before. Man, I love when people come to church. I'm like, I I've never felt that before. That's a new feeling for me. Yeah, that's like God's presence. That, I just believe in an atmosphere of God's presence and an atmosphere of heaven. Literally anything can happen. Man, I love that sometimes at church, like people get healed and they're not even prayed for. Why? It's just because in an atmosphere where God is, man, crazy stuff starts to happen. Maybe you walked in today and you felt, I've been dominated 
agitated by fear in this season. I've been afraid, I've been fearful. And all of a sudden we start to worship and the atmosphere changes and you start to worship and, and peace floods your heart. And you're like, man, this is different. Like this atmosphere is life changing. I just wanna say to you today that, hey, why do we gather together? What's the point of this? It's because when two or three are gathered in my name, who's there? I'm there, God's there, and wherever God's spirit is, man, the atmosphere is different, and I believe supernatural things will start to happen in your life. So that's why we're here today, that's why we gather, that's why we meet, it's because when there's an atmosphere of heaven, man, God moves. I wanna encourage you today that the only place where an atmosphere of heaven can be isn't, isn't in this room. In fact, that's not where it is at all because I work here and I'm in this building like from Monday to Friday and it's honestly a very creepy building during the week. It's like, like, this, like yo, like when it's windy outside, you don't wanna be in here. The ceilings are like and those old wooden beams. It's like, I gotta, I'm gonna work from home today, right? It's like this building does not carry the atmosphere of heaven. We could meet in an abandoned Walmart and do the same exact thing. I don't know why I pick Walmart. We could meet anywhere. And just as long as people who carry the atmosphere of heaven show up, wherever two or three meet, then the atmosphere of heaven is gonna be, and anything can happen. And so I wanna encourage you today. Man, you can change the world just by what you carry. In fact, that's what the gospel is, and that's what God came to do. It's not just so that he could save sinful, broken people he did, but so that you would carry the Holy Spirit inside of your life, and you would change the world around you because Jesus has changed you. Can you say amen today? That you have, you have a job to do, and the cool thing about it, I believe this, is, is, is that you don't even have to try hard sometimes. Because when the atmosphere changes, you saw old Bob he couldn't believe it. I believe as you walk in the atmosphere of heaven, you start saying things, you'd be like, where did that come from? Start praying for people, and you're like, I, I would have never done that before. I don't consider myself a bold person. Like, hey, can I pray for you today? And so anyways, uh, at sea level, we're back to this, sea level, water boils at 212 degrees. You know on the top of Mount Everest, the temperature that water boils at is 160 degrees? The same water, it's the same fire, same flame, same temperature, but one thing's different. It's the atmosphere. I want to share with you a story today about two men, um, Saul and David. First Samuel chapter 15, what's happening is Saul is king of Israel, but Saul has this problem with his heart where he, he, won't, uh, he won't obey, he won't follow God's commands, and so, and so I want to show you just what happens in 1 Samuel 15. It says, um, what, what's going on is, is Samuel, um, they, they fight this battle against this group called the Amalekites. And God has told Saul specifically, don't take any of the things that, any of the spoil. You're not supposed to take any of the, the spoils of victory. And Saul, he kind of partially obeys. He obeys a little bit, but he decides, I'm going to take some of the nice things for myself and kind of hide it. And so God knows and tells the prophet Samuel, in First Samuel chapter 15, I want to show you what happens in verse 22. It says, but Samuel replied, he said, what's more pleasing to the Lord? Right, Saul kind of tries to play it off like, well, I, I took this stuff to sacrifice to God. What's more pleasing to the Lord, your burnt offerings and sacrifices or your obedience to his voice? Listen, obedience is better than sacrifice and submission is better than offering the fat of lambs rebellion is as sinful as witchcraft and stubbornness is as bad as worshiping idols so because you have rejected the command of the lord 
he has rejected you as king. And so, and so Samuel has gotten to this place, excuse me, Saul has gotten to this place in his life where he keeps on rejecting God. He keeps on saying no to God's commands, what God tells him to do. And God gets to the point where I have to find somebody who's going to obey me. And so 1 Samuel chapter 16, we know, maybe you know the story, maybe you don't, but what happens is God sends Samuel the prophet to look for another king. So he sends him to Jesse's house, which isn't anybody important, but there's somebody at Jesse's house who's important in the eyes of God. I just want to remind you today, when you carry the atmosphere of heaven, you become famous in, hev- in, in, in heaven. Maybe you won't be famous here on earth, maybe you will be, but I believe all of heaven knows it and sees it. And so God sees David in a, in a, shep- in a sheep field in the middle of Bethlehem. And he sends Samuel to go crown the new king, a shepherd, (laughs) a little different from the previous choice. And so he goes and he says, Jesse, get all your sons, get them all out to to meet it. We're going to pick a new king. God told me this is the place. And first is Eliab, the oldest, the strongest, the tallest, the the most, the the, the best resume. And God speaks, Samuel says, surely this is the one. And and God says to Samuel, I've not chosen him. And he goes through all the sons. None of them are God's choice. I think the funny thing is David doesn't even get invited like to the, to the king party. It's like he got stuck in the, in the field. Samuel's like, hey, is, is, there, is there anybody else? And Jesse's like, ah, yeah. But he's like with the sheep, he smells bad. It's like, he, we don't want him to come, right? But, but Samuel says, no, we're not gonna sit down and eat. And, that, and that's a hard thing to say, guys, we're not gonna eat until David comes, right? He, he, okay, so, so we're, not gonna, we're not gonna do anything until David comes. Samuel sees David and the Lord speaks to him. This is the one I have chosen because God looks on the heart. Man looks on the outward appearance, but God looks at the heart. God had found a man, and we know that David wasn't perfect. Can you say amen? David had many shortcomings, many, many times in his life, but he always uh, longed for God's presence. That was the thing that marked his life. Man, I want to I dwell in your house. I want to live in your presence. Psalm 51, where he's just messed up, he says, God, don't take your presence from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation. David's heart is tender to follow the Lord. He loves carrying an atmosphere of heaven. He sees the value of it. And I want to show you in verse uh, 13 of, of 1 Samuel 16, this is what happens. It says, then Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him, David, in the midst of his brothers. And the spirit of the Lord came upon David from that day forward. You know, you want to make a difference in your world? It's not shout louder. It's not like make do more social media posts. It's not like try to be more influential. It's not like, like, like our, I don't know what, I don't know how, it, it's literally carry the spirit of God. And the people around you, they're going to see it. I want to show you in a few verses. David doesn't have to advertise himself as the next king. David's anointed king, but it's interesting that the first place he goes back to is the, is the sheep field. He doesn't show up in Jerusalem and talk to Saul like, Saul, I don't, I don't know what you're about to do, but I'm about to be king, so I'm going to need you to move out my house. And right, like, No, he doesn't have to advertise because the spirit of God is on his life. Like when God's spirit is in your life, he's going to use you. And sometimes you're not even going to realize it. You're not even going to know the path or the, or the direction, but people are going to see it. People are going to recognize it. Look at this, verse 14. It says, the spirit of the Lord departed from Saul, and a distressing spirit from the Lord troubled him. And Saul's servants said to him, surely a distressing spirit from God is on you. Let our master now command your servants who are before you to seek out a man who is skillful on a harp, and it shall be that he will play it 
excuse me, and it shall be that he will play it with his hand when the distressing spirit from God is upon you, and you shall be well. So Saul said to his servants, provide me now a man who can play well and bring him to me. Look at this, verse 18, this is, this is cool. Then one of the servants answered and said, look, I have seen a son of Jesse, the Bethlehemite, the Bethlehemite who is skillful in playing. He's a mighty man of valor, a man of war, prudent in speech, and he's handsome, let's go. And the Lord is with him. The Lord's with him. See, David doesn't even have to put out a resume. David doesn't even have to put out his resume for, king, for kingdom. He just is filled with the spirit of God and people start to take note. And I wanna say to you that when you carry the atmosphere of heaven in your life through the spirit of God moving you, living inside of you, that people will notice. You're not even gonna have to tell them. You're not gonna be like, hey, man, I got God's spirit in me and you probably need to listen to what I have to say. They're just gonna know that there's something different about you. They're gonna know that you carry something that's unique, that's special, and they're gonna see it, and they're gonna be curious about it. And so this man, it's like David didn't even have to tell anybody that he was carrying God's spirit. Says, I, I've heard about this kid, David. He's like a shepherd in Bethlehem, but he's like good at other stuff too, and God's spirit's on his life. I think he's the guy. And so it says in verse 19, therefore Saul sent messengers to Jesse and, and said, David, send me your son, send me your son David who is with the sheep. Can you imagine this day, right? You're a shepherd and all of a sudden you are like sitting in the king's palace, right? This is like you're a garbage collector and all of a sudden you are in the cabinet of the White House advising people what to do. It's like that's that kind of day. And so, and so it says, and Jesse took a donkey loaded with, with bread and a skin of wine and a young goat and sent them by his son David to Saul. So David came to Saul and stood before him and he loved him greatly and he became his armor bearer. And Jesse said to, excuse me, Saul sent to Jesse saying, please let David stand before me for he has found favor in my sight. Verse 23, it says, so whenever it was when the spirit of God was upon Saul that David would take his harp and play it in his hand. Then Saul would become refreshed and well, and then this distressing spirit would depart from him. See, what David carried was so powerful that the, ev that the forces of evil couldn't stand against it. And I just want to encourage you today that what you carry is more powerful than you realize. Maybe you discount yourself today because of what you've done in the past, because of because your inadequacies, your idiosyncrasies, or I'm shy, or... I don't know what to say or, but it, it's not up to you what you carry. It's like what you carry God uses to change the world around you. So actually sometimes our giftings, we can even let them get in the way. I have a gift to, 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 to be influential and God's like, no, I just wanna put my spirit in you and influence the people around you through, through what I wanna do. I don't even need your personality right now. So I wanna encourage you today, hey, how do I change the world? It's actually actually carry the spirit of God. I know it's a simple concept, but it's real. And so I want to share with you just for the next few moments, hey, what brings an atmosphere of heaven into my life? Because we all know people who carry it, don't we? It's like, how do I get, how do I get there? How do I get to that point where God's using me, God's moving in my life? I can see God's favor, God's hand. How do I get, I believe there's a couple points that I just want to read some verses about. I, I think the main one is, it's obedience today. Obedience to God's word always brings God's favor. 
John 14, 21 says this, he who has my commands and keeps them, it is he who loves me. And he will be loved by my father and I will love him and manifest myself to him. That word manifest means, the literal translation is to come into view. Ever felt like God was far away? I wanna encourage you, maybe take some steps of obedience towards God in your life and watch him come into view. Get closer. God, I can see you like I haven't before. Obedience is so important to God. I think as we choose to obey him, man, he comes into view. I think there's two ways to obey God. I've heard so many people say, I don't hear God's voice. I don't, I don't know what he wants me to do. You're felt like that where you're asking, you're praying. You're like, I, haven't, I don't hear God's voice. I, I think this, and I was talking about this with somebody a couple weeks ago, is that we've been given the word of God. I think sometimes we put such a high value on hearing the Holy Spirit, but we forget that God's given us the playbook in front of us, and we're not, we're not even listening to that. So how can God trust me with his rhema word if I'm not even obeying what I see on the page? If I can't even obey what he's already told me, why would he entrust me with other things he has to tell me? It's like, I need you to obey what I've already told you. That's how school works, right? It used to. I think it still does. It's like, you have to pass, you have to do this in order to, to keep on moving. It's like, God needs us to, to obey. So obedience is important. I think the next one is this. I think worship shifts your atmosphere. I love that we're a church that just, just is, I believe, a worshiping church. And I love listening to you guys sing. It inspires me as, as somebody who's up here. Man, I, I love hearing you sing to the Lord. Lift your, lift your praise when you shout, when you sing. That's inspiring when we're here together, worshiping together. I want to show you this verse in Psalm 22. It says, but you are holy and you are enthroned in the praises of Israel. You actually sit in the praise of your people. That word praise is the word Tehillah in the Old Testament. The word Tehillah means the spontaneous overflow of thanksgiving from your heart. And so that's why we put a value here at our church of like, in between songs, we just don't go song, 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 song. We actually allow you to begin to sing out. That's why sometimes we'll say, sing out your own song to the Lord. You're like, I haven't written any songs yet. It's like, no, just sing what you, whatever comes to your heart of thanksgiving, thankfulness to God for what he's done because he has done so much. God, I thank you. God, you've healed me. You've saved me. You've set me free. You've made me new. God, you've given me a, a, a plan and a purpose. God, I worship you. And I believe as you begin to worship God, Darkness cannot stay. I want to encourage you, if there's something in your life that you want to see shifted, I believe when that thing happens, begin to worship. If you need help, turn on worship music. If you don't know what to turn on, I'll give you some, some ideas. But put, put on worship music. Just begin to worship the Lord, and I promise you, things will start to happen. Worship is a powerful thing. I saw, I saw depression and anxiety leave for good in my life because I chose to worship. And it was a weapon. It was a weapon. And so God, it says he sits, he's throned in the praises of his people. I think this is one, just a few more, and then and we're getting towards the end. Unity, unity. Yeah, I just wanna say that where there's unity, I believe that, I wanna say this, I don't believe God's presence can work in the same way he wants to when there's a group who is not unified. Acts chapter two says they were all, what, in one place and in one accord. They had the same purpose, the same heart together, and they were in unity. I just want to say to you, encourage you, if there's anybody, hopefully not here, but if there's anybody in your life who has come into, dis, you have disunity with, 
I believe maybe today's the day to make some things right. Say, hey, I want to say this to you today that, have you ever had this happen before where something happened, something happened to you, somebody said something, everybody said something, you know what I'm saying? And, And you just like, you just create the scenario in your head. Oh, well, that's what they meant. And I know they were saying this because they've said, they know this about me and I'm just, not, I'm just done with it. I'm done with them. You ever had this before where you finally decide, hopefully not, but maybe months to years later where you say, hey, um, I actually have been holding like unforgiveness and bitterness towards you because of what you said. And they're like, oh my gosh, I didn't mean that at all. <laughs> and you're like, man, I've been carrying this thing that I created that really the enemy inspired me to create for, for years, for months, hopefully not years, but sometimes it's years that we've created a scenario in our minds that uh, we've allowed disunity to enter in. Man, the enemy's tactic if, is if he cannot destroy something, he wants to separate it. If he, can't, if he can't destroy it, he'll divide it. And so what does he want to do to the church? If he can't break it apart, if he can't break it down, he wants to divide it. He wants to separate us all. He wants to, he wants to, about stupid stuff, about silly things that don't even matter. So today, hey, if you, if there's anything in your heart that's just breaking down unity in your life, go to that person, go to God. Say, God, I pray that you forgive me for allowing this in my heart. Maybe you weren't, you're not even wrong. Maybe you're completely right. But I've heard this and I think this is true that, that holding bitterness is like drinking poison and thinking the other person's gonna die from it. It's like you have to get that thing out of your heart. And so unity, I want to read you these verses in 2 Chronicles chapter 5. It says, And it came to pass when the priests came out of the most holy place, for all the priests who were present had sanctified themselves without keeping their divisions, and the Levites who were the singers, also those of Asaph and Heman and Jeduthun, God bless that guy, with their sons and their brethren, stood at the east end of the altar, clothed in white linen, having cymbals, stringed instruments, and harps, and with them 120 priests sounding with trumpets. Indeed, it came to pass when the trumpeters and singers were as one, to make one sound to be heard in praising and thanking the Lord. And when they lifted up their voice with the trumpets and cymbals and the instruments of music and praised the Lord, saying, for he is good and his mercy endures forever, that the house, the house of the Lord was filled with a cloud so that the priest could not continue ministering because of the cloud for the glory of the Lord filled the house of God. What was going on? This place was so visited by a move of God that this, this is a revival. The pastor can't even talk. What? <laughs> right? You worked hard on that sermon you're gonna take. Why? It's because there was unity. Because there was one heart. And so I wanna encourage you today, what's going to create the atmosphere of heaven? It's unity with people who love Jesus in your life and, and love you. Hey, how about this? Your words. Oh, I'm coming for you. Man, have you ever created an atmosphere with things you had to say? <laughs> you ever talk to your kids in a way that changed the atmosphere? They ever talk to you in a way that changed the atmosphere and you changed it back, right? Like your words, your words can create atmospheres. I want to remind you of Proverbs 18, 21. It says, death and life are in the power of the tongue. There's two powers that you carry in your words. What you say, right? What you say actually matters. And we always say this cliche Christian thing, speak life, but it's real, I gotta speak what God says. I gotta create life. I can actually kill what God's doing in my life through what I say because I'm coming into agreement with something that's not the voice of God. So today, if you have a bad habit of just kind of like, just like saying things that, 
aren't from God. Your words matter. They're not just words. They're life or they're death. And so today, check your words. Hey, am I creating an atmosphere in my home that's negative? Am I creating an atmosphere in my job that's negative? is, Is the internal voice that I constantly hear about myself, is it negative? Sometimes that's the worst one. We check ourselves when we're other people, with other people, but we're thinking about ourselves in horrible ways. Well, I'm not worthy. I, I don't belong here. I, I'm not good enough. And we have this constant dialogue going on in our mind, and we're speaking death over ourselves. Speak what God says that over you today. You're loved. You're forgiven. You're his child. You belong. You have a purpose. Words create an atmosphere of hope, belonging in your life. Proverbs 12, 18 says this. Some people make cutting remarks, but the words of the wise bring healing. Let me read that again, because that's good. Some people make cutting remarks, but the words of the wise bring healing. I have one more, and then one more verse I promise we'll close. Sarah, if you could come and play. Hey, how about your attitude today? Proverbs 4, 8. Could we start to align our attitude with what God says? I believe that'll change your atmosphere Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue and if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on that. It's like check your thoughts. Check what you're thinking about. Maybe it checks one of the boxes, but maybe it's true, but it's sure not praiseworthy. Maybe it's true, but it's not any of that other stuff. So as we check our thoughts, hey, I believe the atmosphere of heaven will begin to grow in our life. And so I want to read you one more verse, and then I want to pray together for us as, as followers of Jesus. It says verse in, in Romans 8, 11, it says, But if the spirit, that word spirit is ruach, it means breath. It's that same word as the spirit of the Lord came on David. The spirit of God moved so that the The ministers couldn't minister. The breath of God. But if the spirit, the ruach of him who raised Jesus from the dead lives, dwells in you. He who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to you, to your body, through his spirit who dwells, who lives in you. You got God's spirit living inside of you. And I believe this, that it can grow and increase to the place where people around you, they begin to take note, they begin to take notice, and and you don't even have to advertise that you're a Christian. They just see something different leading your life because God's breath is in you. You begin to see the effect that it has on other people. And why are you so so happy? Your life is terrible. Yeah, I don't know. I just got the spirit of God in me. I, that, that's giving me peace right now. Shouldn't you be falling apart right now? Like your finances are a mess. Your kids are a mess. What, what's, what's wrong? I don't, the spirit of God is moving in my life. And so I want to say to you, what you carry is far more important than anything else, the atmosphere that you carry. And so I believe today Hey, that God's spirit wants to come in and invade and take a greater part of your life. Maybe, maybe you want to say, Holy Spirit, today, God, I want, I want to walk in that atmosphere. I want to see the world around me change. And so we're just going to end right here. Um, I want to pray. I want to pray with you this morning. Um, I did this in the, in the first service, and 
I'd ask you if you want to do this now. Hey, I'd like for us to just respond. I believe that when there's a response to what God has to say, I believe that, um, that there's an inward change. And so, and so I want to pray, and then I want to give you the opportunity to say, Holy Spirit, God, I want to be carrying an atmosphere that changes atmospheres around me. Holy Spirit, we love you today. We thank you. We just feel your presence here. We feel the peace of God in this room. We know that you're real. We know that you love us. So today, God, I pray as we decide, God, we want to walk in your spirit. We want your spirit to live inside of us because that's the thing that makes a difference in our world. Guys, I just want to say to you that we can try to be better, good, kind, happy, nice, not saying that those things are bad, but the thing that will change our world is God's spirit inside of you. And the fruit of the spirit living out through you will be life-giving to people and they'll be changed by it. So today, I just want to give you the opportunity. I'm going to raise my hand. But if you want God's spirit to increase in your heart today, you just want to say yes. I believe the only prerequisite for having more of God's spirit, the Bible says, is just to ask for it. And so today, if, if that's you, if you want more, I just want you to lift your hand right now and, and I want to pray for us together as a group. God, Lord, we just want to walk in your atmosphere. We want to carry it to this broken, hurting world around us. God, we want people to see it. We want people to feel it. God, we want people to know that what we have is something different that can't be bought. It can't be given. It can't be manipulated. It can't be faked. It's real. It's authentic. And it gives life and it gives peace, and it gives joy, and it gives hope, and it gives favor. So God, today, we just pray as we begin to focus on carrying the atmosphere of heaven in a new way, God, I pray that you would walk with us. God, you talk to us. You talk through us. Even in normal conversations, God, we'd be an encouragement. God, we'd speak life into people. God, our words would be controlled by your spirit. Our thoughts would be controlled by your spirit. God, we'd walk in unity, we'd walk in obedience to what you have to say, and I know when we do, God, you'll begin to move in ways that we never expected you to move. I'll just end with this. Again, I just believe that as you choose to say, God, I want this in my life, as you seek him, and I believe as you go after him, he'll begin to change you where you won't even know the impact that you're having, because he'll be using you, and it won't even be you. So God, we just thank you today for your presence in this place. Uh, Lord, we just say yes to you in a fresh way. We want your, your, your atmosphere, the atmosphere of heaven to surround our lives, to surround our families, Lord, to be close to us, that people, when they'd speak to us, they'd know there's something different. So we thank you for that today. God, we love you. We thank you again for your spirit that lives inside of us, that walks out, talks through us. And Lord, we just thank you for all that you've done. Just for the next moment, I just feel his peace filling this room. If you need peace in your life, if you've been filled with anxiety, stress, I just believe right now there is a, just a, a peace that's coming down for you to receive, for you to walk in. So just for the next moment, I just want us to receive that. And then we'll, then we'll end here today.
thank you for the atmosphere of heaven that's in this room. Lord, we thank you that you've come to meet us. And we just open up our hearts to receive more of you today. We want to walk in it. We want to live in it. And we want you to live out through us. So we thank you again for all that you've done for us. Thank you for this group of people. God, each individually loved so much by you. God, we love you today as well. In Jesus' name.